It's time for yet another edition of Sports the Show. I believe this is episode 19 of Sports the Show. If you want to hear our motorsports analysis, then you're going to want to head over to Motorsports the Show. The previous episode focused on Bristol for the All-Star Race, Kentucky Speedway for NASCAR, and Road America for IndyCar. So if that's more your speed, you're going to want to click on that episode rather than this episode. This episode, we're going to be talking to you about the NCAA and the conference updates. We're going to be talking to you about what each conference has announced that they are going to do. We're going to be talking about Major League Baseball, NBA bubble, and a kicker buying everyone in Denver a beer. Hmm? You're going to find out, about, out all of that, UFC 251 results, and more. All of this on this week's edition of Sports The Show. It's time for the main news of the week. We begin first with our NCAA conference updates. Now I'm going to make this a whole series, I guess, if we keep getting more of them. We got a lot of them last week. First, the Pac-12 and Big East are joining the Big Ten to play conference-only games. With that, they're going to be losing some marquee matchups between other conferences. But hey, apparently it will reduce travel, which is a good thing. So it's going to be interesting to see if some of the other major conferences switch to that. We don't know what the ACC, Big 12, or SEC are going to do yet. As they have told ESPN, they plan on making a decision about football scheduling at the end of the month. They did, however, postpone their other sports seasons to at least September, I believe. Interesting there. We now move to some of the smaller conferences. The MAC, Mid-American Conference, West Coast Conference, they're delaying their they're delaying their starts to September. The Horizon League is delaying their season start to October. So very interesting there. If you enjoy Wednesday night Maction, if you're a Barstool sports fan, Toledo playing in the MAC. So if you want to support them, you can do that. So midweek Maction, I don't think it's going to really happen this year. Also, a lot of... Games are being lost between some of those uh, West Coast Conference and MAC games playing some big schools. Those are big paydays for those leagues, and they're not going to be getting those big paydays this year, it seems like. So if you're a fan of the smaller conferences, this season might not be your favorite if you enjoy seeing them against the big boys. Well, the... AAC Conference, All-American Conference, was the first conference, actually, to require testing at all. They will require testing 72 hours before their football games. And then the NCAA was like, yo, this is a genius idea. Let's take that and use it as our own. So they announced some of their guidelines now. So we're going to talk about that. But the All-American Conference, however, has not announced what they're scheduling this season will look like yet as of the recording of this podcast. So the NCAA fall sports guidelines have been updated or added to. It's going to be the testing of players three days before each competition. New rules that the schools can't properly test the athletes, then the competition will be postponed or canceled unless another testing plan is agreed upon and has to go through the NCAA. Other guidelines include traveling and playing a game on the same day, 
rather than having overnight stays. They don't want to do that. They want you to travel to the game, then go back home. So it could be some long bus rides because I doubt they're going to be flying. Alabama might, but if we look, I got to keep talking about these smaller leagues. They're going to probably have to ride on buses and really not even small league football. Just all the other sports can probably have to ride on like buses and stuff. So bonding on a bus is interesting always. It's going to be multiple hours, though. So if you're an NCAA athlete, I wouldn't enjoy it, but I'm going to still do that. You want to know why? Because athletics are fun. They are. And you get to be on ESPN Plus or even ESPN. You never know. It's cool. It really is. NCAA officials still want athletes to wear a mask and social distancing during practices. You've seen a lot of schools have to shut down practices for like two weeks. I used the latest school to do it this week. Uh, after, I f- swear, we had like a week where there were just no shutdowns, really. I think Louisville might have shut down practice as well this week. I can't remember because time doesn't matter anymore. The SEC, Big Ten, and Big 12 all say that an athlete doesn't want to compete this year due to COVID concerns. They aren't going to lose their scholarship, which is a good thing, and I support that. They deserve a scholarship, and I don't think it should be taken away just because they don't want to possibly get COVID-19, which is a real thing. It is a real thing. I've seen what people have gone through with it. It's not fun. From amateur sports, we move now to professional sports with the NBA bubble. First, two out of the 322 players tested positive since arriving to the NBA campus, which is a good thing. Two out of 322. That's crazy. That's one out of 161 players. That's like, I think, over 10 teams. And like none of them tested positive. So the the bubbles work right now. However, you're not supposed to leave the bubble. They didn't leave their hotel room quarantined for two days, by the way, if they tested positive, so they aren't going to affect any other players. But yeah, you're not allowed to exit, which is something Rashawn Holmes of the Kings didn't know. Here's how it started. Kelly Oubre tweeted to all my NBA bros, Postmates delivers to the hotel. You just have to go out and meet the delivery person at the entrance. Security will not hold your food for you or help you. Yeah, the food, whack, but we're here for a bigger purpose. Hope that helps. Shh. Hashtag shh. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. Uh, but if you say hashtag shh and then you post it on your Twitter that has, like, lots of followers, you're not exactly being quiet. Well, that was at 1.07 p.m. on July 11th was when that tweet surfaced. Well, then surface that's when it's tweeted. Then at 131, There we go. Shams Sharon. I believe that's how you say it. Of the athletic and stadium tweeted at 131 that Rashawn crosses the Disney campus line to pick up delivery food and must remain in quarantine for 10 days, eight days remaining. Rashawn then put out a statement apologizing for the accidental crossing of the NBA campus line. Then at 1043, Kelly Oubre, who caused Rashawn to treat to basically leave the bubble, tweeted, Never mind, lol. Well, then on Monday, Rashawn's mom was like, You only crossed the line for your mama's cooking, and I was not in Florida, sir. End quote. 
Also, Jimmy Butler had security called up to his room because he was dribbling basketballs. So that's interesting. I They also had to like go over everything again because players were just like showing up to delivery without like their robes and stuff on. So they had to send an announcement like, yo, you have to wear robes and stuff. You still have to be professional. So this bubble thing, it'd be interesting to go there. I don't think I'd enjoy it. You know, you're stuck in Disney World for about, like, what is it, four months, maybe? And the food's not the best, so, oh, well. Oh, well. Unless you're LeBron, then you get whatever you want in, like, a whole hotel. Hotel, basically, for you, I'm guessing. Not really sure, though. Major League Baseball has announced that they're going to use artificial crowd noise. That's not shocking. European soccer has done that. And they're going to use it from MLB to show the video game. Sound engineers have a total of 75 different effects to choose from, and the sounds will be played through PA loudspeakers. Earlier this week, Christian Yelich was at Brewers Home Park, Miller Park, and then they played booze for some reason. Then he heard him mic'd up, and he was like, I don't like this, basically. So that's interesting. They also have PA announcers announcing during the games with no fans. They have walk-up music played. And then the video board is also having stuff played. So they want to act like it's a normal game. And then they just put, like, cardboard cutouts for now. So that's kind of weird, you know, if you just look up the stance and they're all just staring at you, not blinking. That's not normal. But at least it's not weird mannequins like in the KBO. Now, those things are creepy. I don't like it. We now move to international soccer with the 2022 World Cup taking place in Qatar. It's like Qatar, but with a K. And even though it's a Q. So Qatar had its official schedule announced this week. The tournament's going to last 28 days long. And they did this so they wouldn't infringe with, like, European soccer and stuff happening because it's November 18th to like December 2018th. So, excuse me, November 21st, December 18th. It's when the whole tournament takes place. Four games a day spread across 11 hours during that day. Long day. Interestingly enough, due to the relative closeness of each stadium, fans can possibly go to two different games a day and they don't have to, players don't have to fly to each different stadium like in Brazil and Russia because big places host the World Cup and Qatar is not a very big place. It's a rich country, but not a big country. I think there are most, like, I think only really Connecticut, Rhode Island, Delaware are, like, smaller than Qatar. Geography is not my strong suit. It's not history, kind of is, but anyway. You now you might be asking yourselves, why is this not take place in June or July like it usually does? Well, it's in the Middle East, which is very hot during June and July. Much like the United States right now, where it's 100 degrees in like Texas and Florida. Really down south, it's 100 degrees, and here in the Midwest, it's like 90 degrees. I'm used to it being like 40 degrees, and then 60 degrees, and then like 80 degrees. But we went from like having 65 degree days to 90 degree days because Midwest weather sucks. 
Also, these games are going to be taking place at local time. Not very good if you're an American fan. You probably don't want to wake up at 5 a.m., 8 a.m., 11 a.m. to watch soccer, and then it takes place at 2 p.m. Also, it will be happening during NBA and NFL times, though. It's not really for the American viewers' pleasure. If you're not a soccer fan, you probably won't watch it. I'll still watch the World Cup, maybe. Unless the U.S. isn't in it. It's not as fun. I did watch the 2018 World Cup when the U.S. wasn't in it. Though, it was still fun, but I prefer seeing my home country in there. I think I rooted for Mexico, if I can't remember. Then France won, so congrats to France, by the way, doing good, beating Croatia. Anyway, we now move to the MLS bubble. Great news from the MLS bubble. Between July 11th and 12th, there were no COVID-19 cases at all between the 1,227 individuals that were tested. The bubble's working. It is. And I am happy about that. I really am. We now move to the NFL with Brandon McManus. He's the kicker of the Denver Broncos. He says he's going to be able to break Matt Prater's 64-yard field goal kick, which is a record for the most yards in a field goal. He says he's going to be able to beat it this season. He also says if he breaks the record, he will buy everyone in Denver a beer. So if you live in Denver, you might get free beer credit of Brandon McManus. I wonder if it's going to be like what Cleveland did when they had the Budweiser thing that was like locked and then automatically opened, which was cool because Cleveland finally won a game. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to do this. I don't think everyone in Denver is going to get it because children won't get it. But hey. If you're at the legal age to drink beer, you might get free beer if you're in Denver. So you might want to move there now, just in case. Because he's made a 73-yard field goal in like practice, which is crazy, my dude. Crazy. NFL training camps are going to be happening in like less than two weeks, and negotiations about the guidelines are still happening as we're recording this. So we'll most likely have an official announcement about training camp protocols next week. It's very interesting. The players are like. They're not really talking to us that much. They just expect us to go there. And they don't really have a plan. You know, they've had, what is it now, upwards of four, maybe even five months now. I don't know time anymore or math to prepare for this. So I really don't know what's going to happen. I'm still hopeful that we will have an NFL season, and I'm still saying we will. September 10th is when it will most likely start, and they won't be a preseason, most likely. Well, there you go. There's your main news of the week. Coming up next, USC 251, the recap. Have you heard of Anchor? It is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's a free way to make a podcast. You don't have to pay. You can edit the podcast on your phone or computer. Anchor distributes your podcast to many places, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can make money from your podcast with barely any listens. You can download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, we had UFC 251 happen last weekend at Vide Island in Yas Island. You guys. Did you imagine, could you have imagined, let's go now to the beginning of May, 
Now, I believe Fight Island was originally announced in, like, June. So, if I would have told you in May that we would be having a Fight Island, which is basically where we can have all these international fights, I would have said you're crazy. If you would have even told me in 2019, UFC would have to have pay-per-views at their Apex, their new Apex Arena, or... Just like on a fight island, I would have said you're crazy. That's how crazy the world is right now. And we're going to look at this, and it's actually pretty cool. Well, UFC 251 was the first fight. They had three title fights, all of which were good and controversial. We now move to the first fight, Peter Yan versus Jose Aldo. And it's Peter Yan defeating Jose Aldo in the fourth round by a TKO to win the Bantamweight title. Peter, by the way, landed 194 significant strikes, which is the most in a single fight in the history of the UFC Bantamweight fights. During the fight, many people said that the ref should have called it earlier. Dana White said after the fight, quote, horrible, horrible stoppage by the referee. It should have been stopped way sooner. That's not all. Dana had to say after their fight, we'll get into that later, but yeah, at least it wasn't like with the whole uh, incident with the trainer and the fighter who was just like, I can't, sorry, I can't remember their names. I had it written down, but then I already forgot. Like three weeks ago when he was like, I want out, I want out, I want out. He said that like nine times. And then the trainer was like, no, it's okay. And then he was later like, oh, I should have listened to the trainer. And you guys made a big deal about it, basically. So the UFC has been getting a lot of stuff like the referee should have stopped the fight. And another problem that has been happening is judging. Alexander Volkanovsky, Max Holloway, featherweight title fight. Volkanovsky defeats Max Holloway by a split decision and retains the belt. Many people, including Dana White, said the victor should have been Max. And it's got some people to think maybe we should do away with the boxing-esque scoring system and create our own. And... I think they should. We've had too many fights like this where it's been a split decision and the wrong fight happens. Now, Alexander was asked about how he felt and he was shocked really how Dana White felt but said he has a right Dana has a right to his own opinion about the fight. So here's what that basically means. Let me translate that to you. I don't like what the boss man said, but he's the boss man, so he's allowed to have an opinion. I just majorly disagree with it. That's basically what he meant. That was kind of a controversial fight. I saw a lot of people giving it to Holloway. And I, I, I don't know how to call it. I'm just glad I'm not a judge. I really am. We move now to the main event, Kamara Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. Masvidal taking the fight on a six days notice, having to lose like 20 pounds, having to promote the fight as well. He didn't even have his trainer. And then Kamara Usman wins easily. He First round, Jorge 
was just crazy going. He tried to get it done early. That's kind of Jorge's thing. Jorge is kind of more striker as Kamara does a lot of takedowns and like throwing in the cages and stuff. Kamara Usman scares me. He does. Well, he wore out Jorge after the first round and won the fight by unanimous decision, retaining the welterweight title. Kamara now joins lightweight champion Khabib Nurmagomedov for the longest active win streak in the UFC. I believe it's 12 fights. In the post-fight news conference, Dana said, quote, I think that Gilbert Burns and Kamar Usman is going to be a really, really good fight, which signifies Gilbert will finally get a chance at Usman. Remember, he tested positive for COVID-19 on July 3rd, the day before he was set to fly to a fight island. Days after the fight, Jorge said he immediately wanted an immediate rematch. So I really don't know what's going to go next. I know Dana wants to have Burns versus... Usman, but Jorge wants Usman versus Jorge, so I really don't know what's going to happen. We could be have the same thing that's happened with the Tyson Fury thing, you know. Uh, Deontay Wilder's like, I want a rematch. And Anthony Joshua's camp is like, no, he should fight us. At least that's what fans have been saying. They were like, no, we have to fight someone else still, so I really don't know what's going to happen. I doubt that it will be Jorge versus Usman again. I feel like it's going to be Burns versus Usman then the winner versus Jorge again. But you never know. You, you really don't know. There you go. There's your UFC 251 results and your combat news of the week. Welcome to the non-sports news of the week. We first go to a random Facebook post by James Kelly. It will be worth it. Just wait. The post. Hey there, James. Since you ran off from us from the ABC store in Athens, Alabama with two cases of Bud Light and jumped a few fences while you were running with Bud Light in both of your hands, you dropped your wallet and cell phone. So we decided to take a selfie with your cell and post it on your Facebook FB. We decided to call you War Pony since you ran pretty fast from us. P.S. You can pick up your cell phone at the Athens City Police Department. And then there's a selfie of the two officers there. So, yes, basically this guy dropped his cell phone and the officers went on his Facebook. So that I like I like that. That's great sense of humor. That comes from June 29th. I was informed about it last week. I don't have Facebook because I don't like Facebook. Well, there we go. We now go to Barstool Sports. Now, Barstool Sports, you may not like it. I like it because they have some weird crap, just like the New York Post. Well, anyway, with the article titled, Man Gets Arrested for Biting a Seagull Who Tried to Eat His Food and All I See is an Innocent Man. Here's the article. Quote, police have detained a man who allegedly attacked and injured a seagull in Port City of Plymouth in southwest England. Charles Cross police were on patrol when they spotted a man biting the seagull about 3 p.m. on Thursday, the Plymouth Herald reported. The local media outlet reported that the man claimed the bird had attacked him for his McDonald's meal, and in a bid to respond, he grabbed it and bit it. End of story. Oracle went on to basically make fun of seagulls to his parcel, but this is crazy. It never said who the man was. So that's all the information I have for you, but this is just crazy. And I thought this was an American story, but it's actually in England. 
So that was kind of shocking. It was. I did not expect to see that. I was randomly scrolling Twitter, and then it's like, oh, this man gets arrested for biting a seagull. And I'm like, whoa, that's weird. I'm going to save that for Sports the Show. And I did. You're welcome. Twitter's where I find lots of weird crap. If you want to find a weird conspiracy theory, you got to, like, search up the Wayfair conspiracy theory. So if you want to find weird crap like that, just search it up. It has been confirmed as false by Wayfair, but it still is kind of weird. I don't know, though. We now go to WKRN News 2. We got a story from there. Now, you might be asking yourself how I found it. Well, it's simple, really. I found it on Twitter once again. Uh, I don't follow the news. It's a Nashville, Tennessee news website. Just some random Tennessean. I think that's, that's probably not what they want to be called, but I don't care. And he was like, yo, this is a weird story. He, so I was like, this is cool. So anyway, I did it. And it's weird because it takes place in Detroit, which is in Michigan. Yet the article was from a Nashville news website. I don't judge, though. Here we go. Man wins $2 million after clerk gives him the wrong lottery ticket. Here's the story. A man in suburban Detroit was given the wrong lottery ticket. But there was no mistake about the result. A $2 million winner. The Michigan Lottery said the man stopped at the gas station in East Point, Michigan to put air in a tire. He needed change for the air machine and also asked for a $10 Lucky 7 scratch-off ticket. Here's the quote from the man who remains anonymous. The clerk handed me the $20 ticket by mistake. He offered to exchange it for me, but something told me to keep it. I'm sure glad I did. The man said in a statement released Tuesday by the lottery. The name of 57-year-old man wasn't released. He decided to take a lump sum of about $1.3 million to $2 million spread over many years, the lottery said. So I don't know what that means. But what I've t- gathered from this, now we're going to search up a lump sum eventually, but it's now time for a game I like to call Let's see how much random crap you know. So, I'm guessing that that only is made once, rather than over time. Which doesn't make sense. You see, if I can get $2 million multiple times, I'd be okay with that. But no, it's only one time. Yep, that's the definition. You get all the money at once, and you... He didn't even get the $2 million at once. So I think this man's crazy. But I guess you do you, my dude. Congrats on winning the lottery. I guess you can't be shocked by lightning. I guess you can't be shocked by lightning. Isn't that the thing? Like, you have a better chance of getting in a shark attack or shocked by lightning than winning the lottery. It's confusing. Lottery tickets are fun when you win, though. They really are. Well, there you go. There is your non-sports news of the week.